Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Alright, hello everyone and welcome to Strictly Hoop Talk. As always, I'm your host Chris Platty and returning to the podcast is the man, the myth, the legend, Akil. Akil, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Um, So, we are going to do basically just a draft recap. um, Just kind of go through all the big moments in the draft. And uh, I think there's no other place to start than... uh, Luka Doncic traded from the Hawks to the Mavericks. Luka Doncic was selected with the third overall pick by the Atlanta Hawks, who was then traded to Dallas for um, their number fifth pick, who they drafted in Trey Young, as well as a first-round pick, um, a future first-round pick in next year's draft that is top five protected. So, Akil, what are your initial takeaways from this from this blockbuster trade? I love it. Um, I'm a big fan of Luca. I thought him and Rick Carlisle would be a perfect match made in heaven for him as a coach. Because um, Carlisle's always picky with point guards. And I don't really think that uh, Trey Young would have fight with him that much. But I do like Luka Doncic as a point guard there. You could take uh, Dennis Smith off the ball and have him play some too so he could look to score and attack more. And then you can kind of have him cover up for him defensively a little bit and guard the bigger twos and still have Dennis guard ones. But I was a big fan of it. I also like Trey going to Atlanta on that side. I think that's a better fit for him too. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think I think what this essentially comes down to is, and, and this is what why this trade sticks out, not only is it because of the high, um, the you know, the swapping of top five picks, but it's really the interesting thing of now it's, it it's Atlanta believes that Trey Young is either better than Luka Doncic or marginally worse, and that um and that they acquired that pick that excuse me as an additional asset um so it reminds me in a lot of ways of the Jason Tatum and Fultz trade essentially yeah. and um you know well well that's well that's an anomaly um because of um. Well, at least in how it's turned out so far, um, after one season, it looks like the Celtics just absolutely, totally uh, heisted the the Seventy Sixers. But, um, but, but yeah. So, so that's that's what it comes down to. Is Trey Young? If Luka Doncic ends up being Jason Tatum and Trey Young ends up being Markel Fultz, and and not necessarily in that, because again, that was such an anomaly. Like Markel Fultz is only a rookie. He'll I'm I'm sure he'll bounce back and whatever and all that situation, but I'm saying just in terms of like the gap of um, productivity that they got between those two players, 
and the gap of what seems like talent at this point in their careers. Like, like if Luka ends up being that drastically better than Trey Young, then the Mavericks absolutely, absolutely won this trade. But if Trey Young is close to or even better than Luka Doncic, which we can get into what how realistic we think that is, um, that, then it becomes a win for Atlanta. So I get why both sides uh, did this trade. You, or do you, you think that the Hawks got Luka there at the third because the Mavs wanted him that badly and they didn't think they'd get him at five? So this was just like a backroom deal all along. Um, you know, I I think I think there was a lot of um, there there was a lot of just rumors going around that Atlanta was really enticed with Trey Young, and that Orlando was also really enticed with Trey Young at six. So they said, look, if we want to get Trey Young, we have to get him no later than five, and uh, because there was strong rumors that. Uh, that Orlando was going to take him at six, and so um, so I think it was a situation where both teams kind of feared they were losing their guy, essentially, and um, so this was a way to ensure that both players got. That's what I think. This guy. is more of a trade off. Yeah, that's what I think. This has more to do. Yeah, yeah. But um, okay. So so how realist? Like okay, comparing the players from what from from what you understand, uh, what from what you understand them to be. I mean, what do you think is the is the realistic outcome? How close in talent are these players? Uh, I don't think that close, talent-wise at all, because I think, um, I really do think that Luca has more skills beneficial to the NBA, and I still think that Trey Young has the highest bust of value yeah. out of every single player in this draft. Um... It's hard to shake I, the Jimmer for deck comparisons for me. Yeah, I could see that a lot. I could see that a lot for sure. Um, yeah, man, I don't know. I I just like Luca a lot more than him. I don't know how you feel about it. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, Luca being, you know, he certainly has a much better NBA frame, of course. Um, you know, and I always really, the one thing I always really, really love about um about players I think and it's the biggest telltale sign for players to be successful in the league is not just their 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 physical attributes their athleticism um which Doncic is 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 not the greatest but enough um but what 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 really stands out to Doncic about me and what stands out to prospects about me in general and makes me believe in a prospect is their playmaking ability. Like if you just show a great level of IQ, a great level of just feel for the game, then I think you're going to last in the NBA because that's the hardest thing to develop. And then from there, you know, shooting and stuff is just getting shots up in the gym and yeah. you know, thing, things of things of that nature. So the rest of the of the game kind of comes easy when you have a good feel for the game like Doncic does which is why I absolutely love him and you know I have a lot of I have a lot of faith in him. And like you said he's going to a great situation um in in Dallas where you know Rick Carlisle really maximizes cuz he's probably going to play the 2 or the 3 but um but you know he's essentially a point guard and 
and Rick Carlisle, if there's one person, if there's one coach that's that really maximizes If there's guards, one person that can find a way to maximize this kid as a rookie, it'd be Carlisle. Yeah, a hundred percent. And so, um, so, so it seems like the the perfect, the perfect fit there in um, in Dallas for Luca. And yeah, I'm I'm with you 100. percent I think I think Luca is the better player. He might be, um, you know, Trey Young too. Like you know, he he had some good playmaking moments, and you know, he's he has a dynamic score, and he has like all the traits of Steph Curry, which is you know, like teams would love to have the next Steph Curry. You know, that's what a lot of teams are looking for, of course. But yeah, um. But it just it seems it, it, I mean he had he had moments where he just didn't look that great in 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 college. Whereas Luca has been consistently consistently great. Granted, it's overseas, so it's a whole another ball game. But um, but I I just I, I I like what I what I've seen of 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 the film that I've seen from Luca and, and the and Young. I I like Luca way better. I think he's way more consistent. I think he's way. I think he has a higher ceiling, and I think he has a lower or or a higher floor. higher floor, higher yeah. ceiling. Yeah. Okay, I want to argue um, ceiling because I just think the way that Trey Young can shoot the basketball in today's NBA is so such a value. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely, I'm definitely right there with you. Um, with a uh, uh, floor, just because. T- of Luca's size, skill level, IQ, that floor is going to be really high for him. So, like, even if you get... People are, like, saying that this guy's, like, a bust. If you get, like, a high, like, seven-man rotational piece out of this pick, like, that's still a great pick in a draft. Yeah. People just have, like, unrealistic expectations for lottery picks now, and it's just ridiculous. But, yeah, I'm with that. Uh, I think Trey... Definitely, it depends on a lot of where he goes, and I do like Atlanta for him. So I guess we just have to see. Time will tell for this. Yeah, last last thing on this trade before we get into the other trades, um, and then we'll get into kind of just our overall takeaways of the draft. So um, one of the things that stands out to me is, um, and I talked about, is Luca's athleticism. That's the one kind of, I guess you could say, question mark is is, is his physical traits outside of his body frame. So... Um, how concerned are you with Luca's, you know, defensive abilities and his just and his just overall mobility in the league? Um, not athleticism, like defense. I'll, I'm sure you'll figure out how to way to get that down. But like, you don't really need to be that quote unquote athletic to survive in the NBA. Because you really want to look at like some of the top stars, like like top stars, like Steph Curry is not really that athletic. Like, James Harden, not really that athletic. Like, you, you can find a way to get by just by using your IQ. So, like, I think he'll be fine. But defensively, of course, he's going to have to step it up and learn how to guard. And if he does, he'll be able to guard one through three, and that'll be super valuable as well. So, Yeah. And Rick Carlisle is going to be a coach that won't tolerate no defense. So Exactly. Um, yeah, so I really like the fit for, for Doncic. Um and, and for Atlanta too. Atlanta's looking for a star, and Trey Young really wants to be a star. So, um, so I think it's I I think both players probably went to their their best case scenario. Um, yeah, the best play, the best case for them, and I think that's why it happened because both teams wanted those players, and I think that's why the trade worked out in the first place. Yeah, 
But um, all right. So let's get into some other trades, and then we'll kind of get into our biggest. Can we go there. Philly Phoenix? Because that's the one that I have the most. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We were just gonna um, we were just gonna go kind of in order, and you know the way I wrote them in order is was by was by picks. So the interesting thing about this draft, actually, kill. I don't know if you caught this. Um, I I can't remember the stat off the top of my head, but this is the first time in years that. Um, an NBA draft has happened where a current player was not traded. Yeah, they were all on picks. Draft day. Yeah, they were all picks, which is interesting. Yeah, that's weird. Um, but that's anyways. weird. It was always pick for pick with a additional pick in the next year's draft. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I just wanted to throw that half stat out there because I couldn't remember the year. I wish I could. But um, anyways, let's jump into it. So Mikel Bridges, uh, drafted by 76ers, um, you know, had the feel good story, you know, the mom works for the PR staff or HR. HR. Is it PR or HR? She's a vice president of human resources. Yeah, human resources, okay. Um and then shout out to Toby Flenderson. And um uh-huh. um yeah, so so it had the feel good story and then he was traded to the Suns in exchange for the number sixteen pick. Uh Z- Zahir Smith, right? Is that Zahir Smith out of Texas Tech, yeah. yes sir. Yes, sir, and uh, 2021 first rounder from Miami. So, um, look, there's a lot of interesting, interesting things about this. The, the, I don't. Go ahead. I don't know why they made this trade. Who? Who did Philly? Philly. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Elaborate. Because I Cause think I'm with you. Me, like, because. When I I had this pick called from way back when this like early season, like I thought Mikhail Bridges would always be perfect for Philly. Like you're talking about a dude that's six seven, has a seven foot wingspan, shot above forty five percent from spot up catching two threes. Like when you're looking at a team like when you want to win now, which is Philly scenario, you don't get a project guy like you get a guy that you know is ready to contribute everything that you need and you get another dude that's long enough to switch defensively and guard a bunch of wings because you'll probably have to end up play boston and then you're going to lose a lot of shooting with um marco bellinelli jj reddick and then you get more shooting so it's like like the pick didn't make like they knocked that pick out of the park and they like let it go so i was very confused by that yeah, and, and to kind of pile on to this, so first off, I'm kind of mixed on this from, from Philly's perspective. So the, what what makes this so interesting is that Philly doesn't have a GM right now, right? Like, they're kind of going through this process without really having a, a, a GM, and um, which, which is very interesting. So Brett Brown's kind of running it, the coach. And so the one thing about coaches is that coaches always pick the guys that can help them now because they have the least amount of job security. They're, you know, saving themselves, and rightfully so. But um, it was it was remarkable to see that Philly was willing to and Brett Brown was willing to um, play the long ball and trade for that twenty twenty one first round pick from Miami, which we can get into how valuable we think that is. But um, but you know it could be it could be very very because it is unprotected, right? Yeah, yeah, unprotected. Yeah, and so. Um, so I so I, I I so that's what makes it interesting. But I I'm with you in the fact that, and I think I'm with you for other reasons too. Um, that you that you can you kind of talked about, but another reason also is that Philly now 
is weirdly weirdly enough um they're at the point where they don't need to necessarily stockpile assets they need to trade assets right like like i mean they don't necessarily need to because they have two young guys but you know they're they're a team now that could be a a deep playoff team next year and you know maybe even an outside shot at the finals depending on how the east shakes up all this but blah blah blah, how much internal improvement all that so it's almost like so it's almost like a playoff team it's weird for a playoff team to take a um do a trade that's that may um you know is sacrificing a talented player a, a player that could contribute right away for a player that um you know for for a pick down the line who could become more valuable exactly so so that was that was what kind of struck me as as is odd that Philly is a playoff team, but they're still looking at this from a very Sam Hinkie like mentality, right? They're still like acquiring like the most assets they can. Exactly. Um, I just so what, do you think like... of, what do you think is out here, Smith? Though, okay, compare him to Bridges. Like, how much of a how much of a drop off is that? I don't think it's a drop off as much as a project. Like, you just have to wait more time for him to develop. And if you're in a win now stage, yeah. which Philly is, I'd want a ready made player. Like, right. sure, Zaire Smith is ceiling is a lot higher than a Mikhail Bridges, but I think Mikhail Bridges' floor is so high, man. And it's right. not like that that's a bad thing. It's just that it's like the dude's ready to contribute to a winning basketball team right now. Like, he knows what he is as a basketball player. He's not going to do that much to go outside of what he is. Like, he knows his job is to catch and shoot and play defense. Like, play off of Ben Simmons, play off of Joel. And then just guard on the other end, which is like I don't think that's even bad. Like that's perfect for what you have in Philly. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, I I, I like that you that you brought him up as necessarily a project with a higher with a higher ceiling. Um, you know, it's a it's an interesting trade off that that Philly made. Um, and for for Phoenix, you, uh, for Phoenix, do you like do you like this trade? Because Phoenix is a team that's not. They're not nearly in the same state as Philly. Philly's right. No, Philly's not. a young team, but they're a playoff team, and they're they're a good, a really good team. Whereas Phoenix, you know, you would think that it would be the other way around, and and this trade would be. And reversed. that's my thing too. I feel like Philly would have much rather had Desire Smith so that you can help grow and like mold him into the type of player that you'd want on that basketball team instead of having a complete ready-made guy, where you'd kind of have to switch that up and kind of tweak him around. Well, I think it. I think it alludes to the fact that Philly, or sorry, Phoenix, is chasing the NBA playoffs. Um, I think. I think that's. I really, think Philly does want to win. Now. Like they want to win now for sure. Right. They did well this draft, which I do kind of want to get into a little bit with later. But yeah. All right. Let's jump into the other trade of the night, the other first round trade of the night, including our Spartan dog. Um, so the Hornets. <laughs> so the Hornets uh, traded Shy Gilgis Alexander. And um, they traded they traded him, who was the 11th pick, to the Clippers in exchange for Ni- Miles Bridges, the 12th pick, and two future second-round picks. So, um, you know, a very, very interesting, a very interesting trade trading number 11 and 12. Um, and, you know, Hornets get Miles Bridges and two second-round picks. Um, right away, Hornets get... I would say Miles Bridges is a more ready guy, right? Um, maybe. Maybe. Okay. Okay. 
uh, put out the case. Why, why is it? Why is it a maybe? Why is it not a for sure that Miles Bridges is a more ready play? Uh, cause he can't shoot. He can't dribble. He can't really defend yet. Um, he's not really that high IQ of a basketball player. Um, I liked Shea a lot more. He was one of my favorite players in the draft. He just reminds me so much of what you want out of a modern day NBA point guard. He's six six, super long, can defend multiple positions. Um, yeah, like he's just better. Like I would have loved pairing him with Malik Monk, even. Like, it would have been cool to see that backcourt kind of play out, or Kemba, or whatever. But, hmm. I mean, I, they were fine. Of, they were a big fan of Miles, so I think they're cool with it. But I just thought Shea's a lot better than him. Yeah. And that was, yeah, so so that so that's interesting. So you think, do you think then that this is a trade that, um, it, I mean, in, in the long run, I mean, you think you think Alexander's gonna be a better a better player than than Miles Bridges in the league? Oh yeah, for sure, easily, easily, hmm. easily. So, so yeah, that so you think the Clippers then won this trade, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, I I like that for for the Clippers though. Um, too is that, um, is that you? If if I'm the Clippers, the Clippers are looking for the next star. So yeah. I'm I'm taking I'm doing the kind of process approach where I'm taking the guy with the ceiling, um, with the with the high ceiling, and especially you're right, um, you know Alexander. That's the thing I do like about him is you know he has the tools to be a, a great modern NBA point guard, um, but I just I I I thought that Miles with his experience at MSU and everything, um, that he that he would be maybe ready to contribute more often and it kind of seemed like to me this was a desperate move by the Hornets to just kind of get um a player that they uh, that can another another able body that can help them get into the playoffs because they're they're capped out and they don't really have many other ways to get contributing players at this time for sure I'm 100% with you there all right so let's jump into um Let's jump into biggest winner. So, um, you mentioned Philly. Um, I think Phoenix is in that conversation as well. Oh, um, I said Phoenix. I was oh, a big okay. fan of what Phoenix okay. did the whole I night. Said Philly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought so, Philly had a really productive. I mean, Phoenix had a really productive draft. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I think they got a lot of prospects that will help build them for the future, and um, and and help them in the now as well. And so, so that's what I, so that's what I like for Phoenix, um, Boston getting the center. That is extremely, extremely huge. Uh, the one question about him is the, is the motor, but I like, I like that pick for the Celtics because, you know, at this point I just assume that everything that Brad Stevens touches is going to work. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. He'll make it work. Yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of. Our other wonderful Spartan, Jared, going to uh, Memphis. I thought I think Jared has this might be a weird hot tag. Jared, I think at the end of this is going to be the best player out of this whole draft. Really? Okay, yeah, that's an ext- okay. That's a that's a pretty extreme hot take. Um, I I think just because of how high I am on on Doncic, but yeah. So okay, so go ahead, talk 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 more about it. Why do you think he's going to be the best player? I thought Jared was the best big out of all these guys for sure. Um, yeah, a, he definitely was. I'm with you on that. A Jared plays defense. Um, 
B, um, he's a real good rim protector, so yeah. defense again. A lot of these other bigs, they don't. Like, I think DeAndre is going to be like a Julio Cofer 2.0. Um, offensively, he's super raw, man, but like, if he could get it together, like, his ceiling is like, I mean, like, it's, he's like unquestionable of what he can do as like, an offensive basketball player because he can space out and hit a three. Um, if he can get a handle enough, he could be able to attack closeouts. Um, if he could like learn how to pass well and just make a secondary play, yeah, he'd be ridiculous. Um, he's so raw though. That's the thing. He reminds me a lot of Kevin Garnett of what he did in his young career, and I can see a lot of that in him. But yeah, I'm a big fan of Jaren overall in general. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, he strikes me as a very as a very raw, but uh, but ha- has very high potential. And you know, and, and the one thing he has, another thing he has over uh, DeAndre Ayton. Why I agree with you that he was the best big in the draft is um, I just love his motor. His motor is huge. Yeah, his motor is huge, and you know that's the one thing that okay that really scares me about DeAndre Ayton. Like as much as I want to give Phoenix praise for the moves that they made. Like, DeAndre um, looks like he doesn't care half the time, and that could be because he played for Arizona and they don't really do anything. It could, but I just, man, if I get the number one pick, I want to be absolutely sure that this guy's going to bare minimum be an all-star, you know. Or that's like, or, that's or my thing starter. about Jaron. Jaron can, Jaron's athletic enough to switch out and uh, be able to guard guards on pick and rolls, which is key. It's not as much being able to, stretch out there and shoot three balls as much as it is to be able to guard the three ball. If I could get a big man in my fourth pick that's able to switch and guard a ball screen for the last six seconds of a shot clock, I'm happy. Yeah, I I, I feel you. That's that's an extreme valuable thing. I mean, we saw how valuable Tristan Thompson was in the 2016 finals for that reason. (laughs) Exactly. Um, But, uh, yeah, so so, uh, another question. So DeAndre Ayton... Again, to bring it back to him, would you have taken him number one overall? Uh, yeah, because he's obviously the has the, uh, yeah, I I think I would have too, but I still like Jaren the most out of them. Okay, okay, interesting. Because I mean, I, DeAndre can give you twenty and ten right now if he want when he wants to, like. That's the thing. Okay, uh, another thing. So, Pistons taking Bruce Bowen, point guard, shooting guard out of Miami. Bruce Number Brown. 42. Or Bruce Brown, sorry. I, I want to say Bruce Bowen so bad. Um, you know, anyways, uh, what would you think of that pick? I don't know how you found a way to be able to bring Detroit into this. Yeah, I'm a big fan of it. Um, 6'5", pretty long. He's able to, like, guard a lot of different positions. Um, he can play off of Reggie pretty well. Um, needs to be able to learn how to catch and shoot a little bit better, but he can definitely add some defense and depth to that team. So for sure, it's a good pick. Yeah, him and Luke Kennard, all NBA next year. You for heard sure. It here first, you heard it here first. Can we talk about how um, all of the NBA is mad that Golden State had a pick and then they killed it on their pick too? Yeah. Uh, dude. It just it, it doesn't seem it doesn't see, it doesn't seem fair, man. Getting getting Jacob Evans um, in the first round, the twenty eighth pick is is crazy. Um, also, another interesting storyline I found. Okay, Grayson Allen going to the Jazz. You like that? Yeah, I'm a big fan. 
Yeah, I th- I think so too. I think that's uh I think that's a place where it'll work because he'll get he'll get uh he'll get beat the shit out of in practice at at, uh, at Utah if he tries some of the stuff he tries. Yeah, exactly. The thing for me though, if we can bring it back to Jacob, um, he switches a lot, which is what they're obsessed with. Like apparently yeah. they're there's Cincinnati ran like a ton of switching defense with him. Like he switched like on average like three or four times a possession, so he's already familiar f- familiar with switching concepts. Then on top of that, offensively he shot like forty five percent from three. So I think you're just there to get like some more Pat McCaw, like Andre Godala insurance for when those two, especially when Andre gets a little bit older, you can play this guy instead, and you can just kind of let Andre rest and chill and tweet. <laughs> so he doesn't have to play. Yeah. So that's dope. I mean, that's the one thing that they needed was was more wing help. So yeah. Oh Great boy, they need it. Great pick. Um, last thing, last thing to highlight, and then we'll then we'll get out of here. So Michael Porter Jr. falling all the way to fourteen, who was at one time projected to be a number one overall pick. Um, this is this is absolutely a great great uh thing for denver right like oh great thing for denver you're on the brink of missing the playoffs you have your same roster and you add a unquestionable top three talent in the nba draft of my michael porter jr in a deep draft too yeah yeah and um you know so there's been reports that he might sit out the whole year yeah i'm i'm 100 with it um i think you sit him out as long as you need to to get that back right because um, the one thing you don't want to do is reaggravate, like with back, knees, um, a- and ankles. Those are those are injuries where I'm very, uh, where I'm very, where where I would, if I was a, I was a team, be overly cautious about, right? Like those are injuries you don't want to come back too soon from, right? Exactly. And so, um, so I think you sit them out and just really sit them until you know he's healthy, and then you can let him play. Yeah, and because yo, if they get if they get a player of that if they get a star out of the 14th pick to a team that's already good and already has a bunch of budding young talent, man, that is a huge huge deal. I mean, Denver's got to be walking away with their their head held extremely high um, because I don't think truthfully they were expecting. I mean, there was rumors about Michael Porter Jr. but um, falling, but. To, to fall to number fourteen to Denver, wow, that was um, that was an absolute that was an absolute steal for Denver. So I I thought I'd bring that one up as well. Anything else stand out, out to you before we get out of here? Um, no, man, it was a pretty cool draft. Oh, I'm a big fan of uh, Dante Divincenzo to the Bucks. I thought that was perfect for him. Yeah, that's a good fit. Um, that's a good fit. A a a guy who's really going to space the floor for Giannis, and that's. That's really gonna. That's really gonna help. Um, I'm. I'm so. Can Can I just say how excited I am to have to see the Bucks have a great coach, like to see Giannis. See what. See what oh, Giannis up, can do Hauser. with a great coach. Yeah. Yeah, man. We've been saying that for a while. We've been on this train for I don't know, damn near every single podcast we've had <laughs> yeah. since I've been on board. Yeah. So somehow um, it comes back to damn. What if he had a real coach? Yeah. Somehow it comes back to that or Luke Kennard. Somehow. Yep. Somehow, I don't know how. <laughs> don't no nobody has an idea at all. Nobody has an idea. But um, all right, man. So Akil, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank uh, you for having me, my guy. I really appreciate it. Um, really appreciate talking draft with you. But uh, 
Free agency is right around the corner, man. We're going to be doing a lot of work soon. Um, and and uh, you'll be coming on the Hip Hop Podcast as well. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. So um, stay tuned for that right around the corner. Listeners, thank you for listening to the podcast. My name is Chris Platt. You can find all my content on Apple Podcasts and Podbean. It's Chris Platty Presents Strictly Hip Hop and Strictly Hoop Talk. You can search Chris Platty or Strictly Hip Hop or Strictly Hoop Talk. Either one of those three, and the podcast will come up immediately. And um, if not, you can find me on all of the all of the Twitters, all of the social medias. I guess I why did I say all of the Twitters, all of the social <laughs> medias at Real Chris Platty, C H R S P L A T T E. You can find me. You can find me all across um, Instagram, Twitter, wherever wherever you go to get your information. I always post on all the on all these social media sites. There's links to my podcast and everything, so stay tuned to that. And um, and again, stay tuned. I got some hip-hop podcasts coming around the corner and, of course, lots of NBA free agency stuff. So starting, uh, I believe, next week starts free agency, right? Next weekend. Oh, Is love it? it. Best time of the year. Yep, best time of the year, man. Free agency is going to be absolutely incredible this Bonkers. year. So, um, so be ready for that. 13, uh, 13 podcasts in 13 days for for you NBA Strictly Hoop Talk listeners. So be ready.